This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. I am Shannon Penrod, and I am coming to you live from my guest room. <laughs> that is where I'm coming to you from. Because, my friends, we live in interesting times. So I am thrilled and excited to be here with you because you know what I say. You know, we hold hands, although we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to virtually hold hands, right? And we get through this together. Right. So I am excited to be here with you. Uh, we're going to be live for the next hour. We are going to be joined by Dr. Doreen Grampiche in just a little while. She is not going to be in my guest room. Uh, <laughs> that's not how we're going to do this. Uh, but we've been working. Uh, can I just say how lucky I am that I have an amazing team and we're all so excited that uh, Traven Hardy is here with us and making things happen. Uh, he has been working hard so that we can figure out ways that we're going to just keep on keeping on, right? So we are going to be live with you for the next hour and there are lots of ways that you can interact with us. We more than ever we want to be having conversation but don't don't we all need this we need this social interaction so uh lots of ways that you can be talking to us asking questions i know you've got questions today right so traven's going to show you all the different ways that you can connect with us and while he does it let me remind you that our homepage is autism-live.com and when you go there we've got a whole bunch of things for you first of all we've got eight years worth of videos of experts answering all kinds of questions. So please tootle around our website, see what works for you. Don't forget that there's a chat bottom, uh, a chat button at the bottom, that's what I'm wanting to say, of the website. You can be asking us questions uh, in real time while we are live. And we are going to continue to do live shows. In fact, we're going to do more live shows. How's that for you? Uh, we're going to be here doing that. I want to remind you that my email is s.penrod at autism-live.com. If you have a lengthy question, please don't be alone. Please don't be alone. Reach out to me. Let me know if, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be working from home, uh, hunting down resources, and everybody's in the same boat right now, which means that for once, it's possible that we're all going to have a little bit more time to connect. It's just going to be online. Uh, so that's how we're going to look at this. Um, I'm excited to be here with you. I feel grateful that I have the opportunity to be here with you. Uh, and we're going to just keep on doing that. So 
write in in all the ways, watch the show in all the ways, and write in to us and tell us what segments you want, because I'm going to be lining up experts to come in and, and talk about very specific things and do more interaction. Uh, and who better to start that interaction off than Dr. Dorian Grampichet? I tell you all the time that she is a true expert in the field of autism. In fact, I believe that she is the preeminent expert in the field of autism. She's going to be with us for this entire hour answering your questions live. We are going to start Ask Dr. Doreen in just a few minutes right after these messages. Please stick with us. Welcome back to Autism Live in this very special episode of Ask Dr. Doreen. We have Dr. Doreen Grampichet on the phone with us. Uh, we were going to have her join you by Skype, and the technology gods were not with me today. Uh, but Dr. Doreen is with us. Welcome, Dr. Doreen. Thank you very much, Shannon. Um, I am delighted to be on the call. I just want you to know that there's a extremely long delay between um, voice and visual. We, so just... We will yeah. work on that. Uh, okay. <laughs> but in the meantime, it'll be, it'll be like a bad Japanese dub. And we can... We can, and we can, we can yeah, it's, it's, a little, it's a little more than that. It's maybe like a 30-second delay. So, but yeah... <laughs> It'll be fun. Skype, It'll get be it fun. together. It will be fun. Okay, so uh, Dr. Grampichet, we live in interesting times, um, and we've got some questions. I, I wondered if there was anything that you had wanted to say as we start, or can I jump right into questions? It just so happens that we published a blog yesterday. Um, it is on our um, 
it's on our Facebook channel, um, Autism Live. It is also on my personal um, uh, Facebook. That's 101 things to do with your kids while you're at home. I curated this list myself. It has all of the free resources that are available right now. Like there's a bunch of educational resources. If you've been, if you've been wanting to try ABC Mouse, you know, it, it, there's the free trial that's available for that. You can take virtual That's tours awesome. of museums, but we give you a bunch of activities, too, and crafts to do with your kids. But in addition to that, for our autism families, there are the things that you and I talk about a lot, Dr. Grampy-Shay, um, doing um, trainings on Institute for Behavioral Training and running lessons with your child from skills, skillsforautism.com. I talked with the skills folks yesterday. They are um, they are there. They are taking calls. They are happy to help people to get set up on accounts so that they can be doing this kind of thing at home. But... 101 things to do, and we I think all but one of them are free on those 101 things to do at home. There's specific activities and ways to make them fun because we're all going to be home for a little while, right? So check that out on our Facebook. Either go to Autism Live Facebook or you can go to my personal Facebook, Shannon Penrod, on Facebook, and the blog is there. Please feel free to share it. Um, we're, we're happy to do those kinds of things. Um, I'd love to launch in Dr. Grampy Shea and ask a question that somebody had written in and I promised them that we would get to it this morning. Is that good for you? Of course. Yes, please. Okay. So hi, Shannon and Dr. Doreen from Northern Ireland. I've written to you many times and received amazing advice. Here I am again. My son is verbal and is now 15 years old, autistic, ADHD, learning disability, and anxiety. He takes medication for his ADHD and fluoxetine, I'm bad at, at medication names, uh, for, for anxiety. As I write this, my son is going through a difficult time with his anxiety and hasn't left my bedroom from Sunday. One of his fears is a particular singer who happened to come onto the radio in school last Friday. It sounds so irrational to be afraid of something like this, but this seems to be how his anxiety affects him. Now he doesn't want to leave my bedroom and has a panic attack when I suggest watching TV in a different room. I'm really at a loss as how I can help him. I would really appreciate any advice you could give me. And she also emailed me, Dr. Grampy Shea, so I asked her a bunch of questions last night that she responded to about how this fear started. Um, he saw a video with this particular artist, and there was a section of the video that was in slow motion and that he does not understand that, and it has him very scared. Um, she, I also asked her, you know, what is it like there, because she's writing from Northern Ireland. Is he, is he aware of all the COVID-19 stuff, and is he going back to school anytime soon? And um, she believes that he is aware of the COVID-19 stuff, that he's not really understanding it, and that she doesn't think that they're going to be going back to school and soon that they've been off for the last two days so um and i also asked her if he had recently had any illnesses um and she said no that he's been very healthy so because i was concerned about you know could this be a pandas com combined sometimes when we see anxiety it can be tied in with pandas and i wanted to rule that out for you so what would you like to say to her yeah i actually 
actually a lot, and I'm glad that you started off with this one in particular, Shana, mm -hmm. because um, there's a, a lot of, you know, our kids will be going through anxiety, and, and I want to talk about that. So uh, the first thing, I guess, that I want to say is all parents right now should uh, really start with understanding that this is not a typical situation. This is an emergency situation. In Oops, and I lost her. I'm calling her back. Uh, let's everybody hold tight. The <laughs> phone system is what it is. We're calling her back right now. Uh, Hi, this is Dr. Doreen. Oh, and we got her voicemail. Well, hang on, you guys. Maybe this would be a good time to go to commercial, Traven. <laughs> let's do that. Let's go to commercial, and we'll be right back uh, with more Ask Dr. Doreen. Stick with us, guys. We're going to keep on keeping on. Welcome back to Autism Live. I have Dr. Doreen Grampichet with us live for this segment, Ask Dr. Doreen. Uh, we, right before we went to break, we were beginning to answer a question from a parent in Northern Ireland about uh, her son who is having extreme anxiety and will not leave her bedroom. And Dr. Grampichet was starting to tell us uh, about how all of our kids are going to be uh, experiencing some level of anxiety and that we need to be aware of that. So, Dr. Grampichet, go ahead and, and take us there. Sure. And I'm sorry that my call dropped. Hopefully it will work better this time. Uh, I just, yeah, what I was starting to say, Shannon, was that a lot of our kids are going to be going through anxiety just like we are. Everybody is right now. Uh, you know, anxiety is fear of the unknown, right? So we don't know what's happening and the rules are changing every day. And so there's a lot of, and for our kids, there's a lot of change in general. A lot of our kids are now adapting to not having the routine that they've always had. So they're not in school, they're at home and, and they're getting bored, they're not occupied, all these types of things are happening. So um, the first thing that I want to suggest to all parents is Let's, in these times, the, the first thing, any, any difficult time, and this doesn't just apply to right now, it's just in general when we're doing something that's difficult, we have to do two things. We have to reduce our demands and we have to increase our reinforcers. I mean, and that's just very simple. So what does that mean? That means that, um, for example, Shannon, you might, with all of our card families, uh, we've been very lucky that a lot of the payers have authorized us to provide both supervision, parent training, as well as some therapy, if you can imagine, via telehealth. And so what we are doing is really, you know, if we're doing therapy or any, any kind of activity with children or with our patients on telehealth, the first thing that I'm telling our supervisors is, make sure that you go into what we call maintenance mode. So we're not pushing our kids right now to learn new things. We're not placing demands that are going to make things even more difficult or are going to evoke challenging behaviors. For the next month, we are in maintenance mode. That means very low demand of things that the child is relatively good at, and we just want to make sure they don't lose skills. So 
when you reduce demands, the child is less likely to have issues, right? And at the same time, you will increase reinforcers. That means if you were giving the child a break every hour or two hours or whatever it was and doing something fun, you're now doing it more like every 15 minutes or every 30 minutes. You're engaging the child with activities that are intrinsically reinforcing. And you're allowing the child to get away with some stuff. I mean, I hate to say it that way, but the truth is, this is not the time to want to, uh, like, expose the child to, to difficult situations. So we're going to pick so our battles, is what you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. And going back to our mom in, uh, in Ireland, um, you know, I, I completely understand that ultimately this is one of those things we want to work on. We don't want the child to... Uh, uh, like have a lot of fear or we want to be able to expose this this child to that singer or whatever it is uh, in the long run that is causing him fear but this is not the time so right now uh, I would suggest we uh, make sure to avoid uh, any um, you know music that is by that singer or any mention of that singer if the child wants to spend more time in your bedroom, great. Let him spend more time in your bedroom. Uh, gradually nudge him out with activities that are more fun, like maybe, I don't know, baking together in the kitchen, those types of things. If your child becomes extremely attached right now, that's okay. These are, these are coping mechanisms, I guess. Um, and yes, of course, you can also speak with your psychiatrist and depending on the dosage of Prozac fluoxetine that he is on, uh, they can always increase the dosage potentially and last but not least, there are a lot of um, activities that can help with anxiety. Um, we can talk about those separately but there are lots of activities such as meditation which we've done presentations on for our kids. Uh, just breathing exercises, um, you know, taking your child to a calm area of the house and uh, sitting with them and playing calming music or some, uh, what, let, them, let them do the things that make them calm. Like some of our kids lo would love to watch things on TV and normally we don't want them to spend hours and hours on TV, but right now it's okay. It, that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like really allow our kids to do some of the things that will help them stay calm. Yeah. I, you know, we have a whole uh, playlist on our um, YouTube channel and on our website that is mindfulness. And uh, there's a lot yeah. of them that you can do with your kiddos. And you'd be surprised at how young you can start with. There's one that I really love that it's called Breathing Buddies. And you have you take a, a, a stuffed animal. And if it's an older child and they don't want a stuffed animal, it could be a pillow. And, yeah. and you lay on the floor next to your child with the pillow or the stuffed animal, one on your belly and one on their belly, and you make it a game where we're going to take a big inhale, right? And, and so then we see the buddy go up, right? And then we have to slowly make the buddy go down. So we slowly let the air go down. And, you know, kids respond to this very well. And if you're modeling the behavior, even a very small child finds this fascinating. And, and what a great 
way to start working on breathing and being aware of the breathing, even with somebody who perhaps their receptive language and their expressive language isn't where you think you would want it to be in order to do mindfulness. But it's very possible to do. It's, you know, I keep saying we live in extraordinary times. It's, and, and it's important for us to realize that the rule book just changed. And, and that we need to get acclimatized here and we need to do it for ourselves and we need to do it for our kiddos. And, and we're going to do things a little bit different than we've ever done them before. Um, but I, I have to say, Dr. Grampuche, that one of the things that's been very encouraging to me over the last week is reading all the things that people have written in past eras in which they have been quarantined. Reading things that F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote and understanding that people have been quarantined before and they survived it, we will survive it, and that in, you know, in all things, there are opportunities. Um, yeah. So maybe this isn't the, the time and the place where we're going to work on uh, some of the things that we were working on last week, but there are other things that we are going to have the time to work on, which we didn't have time to before. Um, and I do think that a lot of parents are going to get closer to their children during this period of time. And I'm going to take that. I keep saying to myself, every time that I'm worrying about something, I try to turn it into something to be grateful for, you know, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. To, to keep in that mindset. Um, I want to go, uh, do you want to take a break first or can I go to the other question? No, please go ahead. So the other question that we had was a parent writing in about how on earth are we going to keep, um, our kids from regressing at this time. She, and I don't have the wording right here in front of me, but she said, here it is. Um, hang on one second. I just got to scroll down. She said, how are we going to continue therapy in all this mess? I'm terrified, but I don't want my son to regress. And some of that you've already addressed, Dr. Grampuche, but I wonder if you could um, take just a second to talk about, again, some of the things that CARD is putting in place, um, and I can fill in some of the gaps, too, because parents right now are being given lots of different opportunities that may or may, you know, everybody's going to choose what their comfort level is, right? Yeah, definitely. And I have to say, there's a lot of, it, it's, it's, it's a great question. It's a terrific question. So there, there are two sides to it. I would say there, will, there could be a little bit of regression, but don't worry, because all the things that um, are already mastered, even if there's regression, it's a very fast process of getting those things back. It's almost like kind of, you know, speak, learning a language. You forget a language over time, a second or third language, but, you know, you spend three months in that country and it all comes back to you. So it'll be the same thing. As soon as your child gets back into the ABA country, that starts speaking all the language again. Um, but I love that. I wanna, yeah, but what I want to say is um, one of the things that I think will help both our families and our children is uh, routine. So, you know, you mentioned uh, this will help our families get much closer to their kids, and I agree completely. Uh, I remember when... When I was, when my kids were younger, so several years ago, and, you know, I've been very, very busy for about 40 years uh, opening and running car clinics, but uh, over the summers, I would always go take my children to Europe, to Germany, where their dad was German, and um, it was
was sometimes very difficult. It almost felt like quarantine because the minute you arrived, it was pouring rain for like a week at a time. And so I had to learn how to do things in the house with three young children, uh, just, you know, day in and day out. And so it became one of the things that was very helpful was that I started establishing these uh, schedule, just like in school. And I really recommend that people do this. So you could, for instance, start with, uh, you know, a little bit of physical activity with the kid, with your child or children as a group, uh, like maybe an hour. And then like, you know, just like you have meals together. You would do physical activity. Then you would, I would, I would in those days do, uh, you know, academic work. And then I would do a little bit of, let's say, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, house household chores. And then I would do a little bit of cooking. And then I would do a little bit of crafts. And so, like, if, if you can think of all the things that you can do throughout the day with your children, um, and, and include your child who's on the spectrum. Or also, if, if it's very difficult, for some parents, they have multiple kids and they're dealing with not being able to handle everything. Uh, some of the older kids can also help engage and do activities. Uh, just setting up sort of a schedule for the day makes things a lot easier than just kind of letting everyone plan their own thing. Oh yeah, pandemonium ensues when you have nothing but free time. So. So exactly. busy, busy people, uh, happy people. I think that that is absolutely the way to go. Okay, we want to take a short break, and then we're going to come back with more questions for Dr. Grand Pichet in this very special edition of Autism Live. Stick with us. Welcome back to this very special edition of Autism Live. We have Dr. Doreen Grampichet on the phone with us. We're answering your questions in real time. We had a parent who wrote in and said, how are we going to continue therapy in this, this difficult time? She called it this mess. Um, I just wanted to take a second. We're going to talk a little bit about what, um, for instance, what some of the card parents are being offered right now. But as a parent of an individual who is diagnosed with autism, I just, I just want to remind everybody it's so important that we don't do what the rest of the world does to us, which is lump us all together and say that it's one size fits all. Uh, we hate it when the rest of the world does that. So let's let's not us do that. I just want to remind everybody that everybody's circumstance is different. And um, I love that there are a whole bunch of us who our children have made enough progress that we are in a position to say, even though we know that ABA is a medically necessary therapy and that insurance and the, you know, the federal government looks at it that way and that it is, it is in fact a necessary thing, if your child is well enough that you're able to prioritize and say, hey, in these times, we're going to say no, therapy, no therapists in the home, what can you offer us? And we'll talk about what CARD is offering those parents. I just want to remind everybody that not everybody is that fortunate and that there are some parents whose children need such significant help that they're willing to prioritize ABA right now 
and are asking for therapists to continue to come to their home. I don't think we should judge those people at all. Um, they're, they're determining for themselves that it is, in fact, a medical necessity, and I for sure don't think that we should judge therapists who are willing to continue going to people's homes. Um, I likewise, you know, when people make the determination for themselves and say, hey, you know, I'm not comfortable with that. What else do you have to offer? I love that CARD is offering other things to those family to help them to get through this difficult time. But I just want to encourage everybody, don't judge. It's different for everyone. Just like we are not judging nurses and firefighters for going into work every day, even though they've been asked to you know, we've all been asked to socially distance, but there are heroes right now who are saying, no, what I do is so important. I'm going into work today. Um, and, you know, if people are willing to do that, we should not judge. Um, so anyway, that's my two cents on that, Dr. Grampichet. And I'm sure you've got something to say about that. But I'd love to share what, um, I, you know, I always think that the team uh, the people that i work with at card are some of the most amazing people on the face of the earth and man have they demonstrated that in the last few days what i have seen them be able to mobilize to help families we should all take a moment of gratitude um that there are some brilliant people in the world and a lot of them are working at card i absolutely love it but what would you like to say dr grand oh Shannon, you said it so well um I have to say that sort of, you know, a few days ago, I guess over the weekend, I started to, or, or maybe two weeks ago, I started to really worry about what's going on in the world and how are we going to be able to support our families as uh, more and more isolation becomes necessary. And so uh, we started developing a plan which we put into place uh, this week. And, and essentially the idea was, you know, we have two sets of, or I guess three, three groups of people that we want to support and protect and help. And that would be parents, their children, and our staff, our employees. So the, the best way we could solve this situation for us was... Uh, because knowing, and I have to like give a, a kind of a precursor comment to this, knowing that there are families who desperately need our help, uh, that doesn't change. Knowing that this is a medically necessary uh, intervention, and I know that that's hard for everyone to kind of grasp because we don't think of ADA the same way we think of, uh, let's say, a life-saving thing like surgery, right? But in the same way, um, it, it is. I mean, it is. it has been considered that for many, many years, and that is exactly why we receive health insurance, because it is a very important intervention. So... It, under any circumstances that we can continue this intervention, we have a we have an ethical obligation to do so. To, our ethical obligation to our patients is that we will do the very best to provide this service to you for as long as we possibly can. So, with all of that said, um, the, we offer we have offered our parents to uh, provide services to them in home as long as we have therapists who are willing to travel to their homes 
And if they don't want the service in their home, that means if they don't want the therapist to come in, or the therapists, we we just don't have therapists who are willing to do that, then we are turning to our payers, our insurance companies, and we're asking for telehealth, um, both in terms of supervising cases, parent training, where BCBAs are getting on the phone, on Zoom, with our parents and helping them cope with and deal with all of these issues and transitions and changes and challenging behaviors that are increasing at home and so on. And at the same time, a lot of our payers are authorizing uh, therapy via telehealth. And there's no precedent for that. No one has ever done that. So uh, Dr. Dennis Dixon, uh, Dr. Sienna Greener Wooten, uh, Cecilia Knight, Evelyn Kong, uh, I want to say Sarah Niehoff, a whole group of our clinicians uh, worked on new protocols yesterday, and I reviewed them late into the night last night and made my changes, and we're continuing to produce these uh, protocols for how we can actually do therapy via telehealth for a percentage of our kids, not all of our kids, but the the kids who don't need uh, someone to kind of be with them side by side, the kids who can benefit from some of our uh, social programs that we can do certainly online. So yes, we are continuing to provide as much service as we can. And you're right, Shannon, there are some therapists who are saying, we don't care about them. That's absolutely not the case. We care very much about our, our therapists, and which is why we're giving them every option to say no. And obviously, if they say no, then we will attempt to give them hours through telehealth. Um, and, the, and of course, we care very deeply about our families, and which is why the last two weeks, um, we have continued to offer services in our clinics. The only reason we discontinued the clinics is because, uh, you know, first of all, in many communities, you're not allowed to have more than 10 people in one location, but also because people were expressing a lot of concern about being around others in the clinics. So, you know, we're we're adjusting as well. The rules change every single day, um, and we're doing everything we can in order to support our families and our staff. Yes. And, you know, I, I, I know that um, this is hard and it's hard for everybody. I just want to keep reminding everybody, everybody's circumstances aren't yours. And and it seems like there's a whole lot of judging going on. Uh, you know, I, I, I have a friend who uh, now the grocery stores here in Los Angeles are opening for an hour early in the morning for senior citizens to uh, be able to shop and, and not have to deal with everybody else while they're shopping. And, and I had a friend who has an elderly neighbor who is not able to walk very far and needs help and support. And so she took this elderly neighbor uh, to the, the thing this morning, stood in line for her, and then, you know, helped her to go through the grocery store. And people were giving her the stink eye, and three different people walked up to her and said, you should not be here. This is just for elderly people. And she had to say to them, you know, hi, I don't know what you have going on, but do you see this elderly person that I'm helping to put things into the cart for? She could not do this on her own. I'm thrilled that you 
you can, but she needs help and support. And it just reminded me that, you know, it's it's very easy for people to judge in this environment. And let's let's try not to. Let's be the autism community and rise above this and not sit in judgment of what everybody else is doing. Uh, let's figure out what's best for us because we know that this is not a one-size-fits-all party. Um, I love that we, I love that we have therapists who um, are highly trained and are highly trained in how, to, just like the nurses, about how not to spread um, any contagion and are still willing to go into homes. And I also respect therapists who are saying, I, I, you know, I have other things going on at home and that is not the place for me to be right now. I just want us to apply the same standards to those, those folks as we do with nurses and with firefighters. Um, and the hospitals are saying to their nurses and the fire stations are saying to their firefighters, you know, who wants to stay, who's able to work. Um, and, and it's not, <laughs> nobody is accusing the, the fire station of not caring about their firefighters. So let's all, let's all keep our judgment to where it needs to be. Um, we've only got a few minutes left here, and I want to try to get, uh, first of all, I want to say that our mom from North Ireland wrote back and said, thank you so, so much. Uh, Dr. Doreen has made me feel so much calmer by saying not to push too much at this minute. And she says, do you know, I've never even thought about introducing the singer back to him down the line. My first instinct was to shield him as much as possible, but I can see that this wouldn't be fair to him in the long run. But I will definitely work on this in the future. You are both amazing, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for all you're doing, especially in these times. And she says, stay safe, and we're saying the th same thing back to you. And then um, I will also want to address a question that we have from India, because um, we brought up the pandas. I brought up the pandas thing way at the beginning of the show. Uh, hello, Dr. Doreen and Mrs. Shannon. Um, I had written a few weeks back about screaming, and she says, can sudden onset of screaming, anxiety, mood change, defiance, uh, defiance to do even daily routine tasks, um, saying no to favorite activities in a 10-year-old on the autism spectrum, be pandas, or is it puberty? Thank you. Um, and maybe... I don't remember what all the PANDAS stands for, um, and I don't know sure. if you do, but, but if there is a condition called PANDAS, and people can Google to find out more about it, but we see this with folks on the autism spectrum, and sometimes one of the big um, uh, symptoms, correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Grampy-Shea, is a sudden spike in anxiety. Yeah, so PANDA stands for Pediatric Autoimmune Neurological Disorder Associated with Stress. And so the, the, the person must have had access to, uh, must have had a, had a strep infection uh, in order to, in, in some time in the past, in order to evoke this. Uh, it, it is possible that it would have sudden impact. It is more likely that it is just ongoing impact. Uh, the symptoms of pandas are to some extent similar to autism. Uh, the, the diagnosis requires that, that exposure to, to strep, and it requires kind of a high titer strep, so it, a physician needs to test for that. But all of that aside, uh, everything that, uh, that you listed, Shannon, from our mom in India, it just it sounds a lot 
lot like just things that are behavioral in nature as well. Yeah. So you guys, like, just think of it, think of it this way. With autism, we don't really know what the exact cause is for every different child. There's a, there's a part of me sometimes that I feel, you know, there are many, many phenotypes of autism. One phenotype could very well be pandas. Uh, so there's so many different reasons that our kids have uh, exhibit these symptoms that we call autism, right? But when we do therapy, when we do ABA, we don't differentiate based on what caused it. The therapy has to do with what is the overt behavior and how do I change that overt behavior? So if the child is screaming because when demands are placed, great, let's figure out what the child is trying to communicate through that screaming. What is the function of that behavior? And let's alter it. Um, If, you know, whatever it is that's happening, I wouldn't right now start worrying about uh, whether or not it's pandas, because first of all, you're not going to have access to a physician right now to be able to test for that. So you're going to have to wait out until this uh, COVID issue is over uh, so that you can then go and test. And then, yes, you should definitely test because there are certain medications for all of the biomedical causes and your child would benefit from them. But that shouldn't prevent you or, or delay your use of behavioral techniques to help alleviate the ongoing symptoms. Okay. Um, thank you for that wonderful response, and we are um, right here at the close of the show. I, I want to remind everybody that we will be back here tomorrow with another live show, and we're going to continue to do live shows. We're also looking at expanding, uh, potentially doing another hour later on in the day. We'd love to hear from you guys. What kinds of things would you like? What kind of a schedule would you like? Or is one hour a day of Autism Live enough for you? So be writing in to us and all the ways that you can write in. We look forward to being here with you and to being responsive to your needs at home. You know what I always say to you guys that, um, you know, we hold hands. And, yes, we're not doing that for real. We're doing that virtually. We are now virtually holding hands, but we can get through this together. Si se puede, right? Dr. Grampiche, I thank you for being uh, a calm presence, um, and we are um, looking forward to having more conversations with you to helping our, our patients and our families and our viewers that are around the world watching and looking for leadership. We, you, you have been an amazing person in this field and continue to be a leader. And we Thank will, you so much. Thank we'll, you, Shanna. We'll talk to you whenever we have the opportunity to do that. So um, I want to remind everybody, check out our blog, 101 Things That You Can Do With Your Kiddos From Home During This uh, Coronavirus Emergency. Remember, I, I believe that they are all free except for one. Uh, but if you find that I've, I've thrown something in there that costs money, write me back. Uh, I, I, I want to hear from you guys what you're doing at home to get through this. Let's share ideas. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug for me and one for you, too. Bye-bye for now. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.